Well, um, as I said, we uh, were in Glenwood Springs Friday night, Saturday morning. We, <laughs> Saturday was fun. Uh, Pastor Tasha there, uh, her name is Tasha Bentliff, and she, she had decided we were going to do um, Saturday sessions, so she had several speakers, ministers, and so we started at 10 in the morning, and we went to like 2.30-ish in the afternoon, no break. <laughs> Praise the Lord. She did give us a 10-minute break. We all ran to the bathroom. <laughs> But it was really funny to see, I don't know how many people were there, 150 maybe, 150, 102 maybe, um, 150, you see all the ladies run to the restroom, uh, hopefully they open the men's room too, I don't know, but okay, <laughs> but you're like, you got 10 minutes, go. <laughs> but um, it, was, it was a great time and, and we did have fun, but I say all that to say, uh, on our way back last night, I was like, oh Lord, what are we ministering on Sunday? <laughs> Yes. <laughs> and, um, you know, all, all I knew when I got home was, you know, just unpack, get in your pajamas, mm -hmm. go to bed. Yes. And I did, and I did. And, but when I woke up this morning, well, actually, in the middle of the night, I woke up. And um, I had something stirring on the inside of me, and I thought, Lord, sure would be nice to study on that subject a few days even an hour would be good. Um, but, praise the Lord, here we are. Would you turn with me to Malachi chapter 3? We are going to minister this morning. Just look at some scriptures on what the Bible calls the tithe. I don't know that I've ever ministered here on this subject. Um, I'm sure most of you that are here have heard about the tithe, know about the tithe. The tithe, the tithe literally means what? Tenth. tenth, right? It means the tenth. And um, I've heard teaching from all kinds of angles on this subject, but I just want to look at what the scripture says about that right now. But before we do that, let me just do this. Ha. Thank you, Father, for the healing power of God working right now. Mm. In Jesus' name. Yeah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Woo. Healed. So, Malachi chapter 3. Now, I know these verses are going to be familiar to us. Um, but let's just look at what the Word of God has to say. If I can get there myself. There we are. Malachi chapter 3, verse 6 says this. For I, the Lord, do not change. Aren't you thankful for that? Yes. Oh, my goodness. That one's highlighted and underlined for me. In my Bible. For I, the Lord, do not change. Now, that's an interesting way to start this whole passage. Yeah. Therefore, you, O children of Jacob, are not consumed. Well, thank you, Lord. Yes. Um, from the days of your fathers, you have turned aside from my statutes and have not kept them. Uh-oh. <laughs> he doesn't sound so happy. Mm -hmm. 
I, the Lord, do not change, therefore you are not consumed. Even though from the days of your fathers you've turned aside again and again, we could say, from my statutes and have not kept them. Return to me and I will return to you, says the Lord of hosts. But you say, how shall we return? And verse 8 says this, will a man rob God? Yet you are robbing me. But you say, how have we robbed you? <laughs> and the Lord says, in your tithes and contributions. He goes on to say, you're cursed with a curse for you're robbing me, the whole nation of you. Bring the full tithe. Everybody say full tithe. Full tithe. The full tithe into the storehouse. Say storehouse. 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 That there may be food in my house. And thereby put me to the test. Glory to God, says the Lord of hosts. If I will not open the windows of heaven for you and pour down for you a blessing until there is no more need, I will rebuke the devourer for you so that it will not destroy the fruits of your soil and your vine in the field shall not fail to bear, says the Lord of hosts. Then all the nations will call you blessed for you will be a land of delight says the Lord of hosts. Wow. Amen. That's a pretty direct passage, right? Um, God was, he was upset with the, the uh, children of Israel, the nation of Israel, because one of the main things, at least in this passage, I mean, we know they, they didn't obey him in a lot of ways. You know, throughout, you, you read through 1 Kings, 2 Kings, 1 Chronicles, 2 Chronicles, man, you got a king that served God with his whole heart and the whole nation followed. And then the next king was like, and he didn't serve God, <laughs> you know, and then the whole nation followed. So it was, they were up and down. Was, the whole nation roller coastered yes. throughout these hundreds of years that we have chronicled in the Old Testament. And it comes down to uh, Malachi. This is the last chapter of the Old Testament. And after this chapter, things go dark for several hundred years before Jesus is born. Wow. Hundreds of years. Wow. Nothing. God's quiet. You know, a lot of people, they'll chronicle the last words of famous people before they die. Sure. You know, the last things they were speaking on when a minister moves to heaven. A lot of us will look at what they were ministering on that last year or so, things that they were hitting over and over before they moved to heaven. Um, what people say last matters. Mm -hmm. And this is what God said to the nation of Israel last before. And it was almost like, I'm done. Until the Messiah comes, there's nothing more I can do with you. Wow. <laughs> I, I mean, that's, my, that's just my personal interpretation of that. But here's the thing about it. It's, this passage is still what we would call Old Testament, right? Mm -hmm. It is the last thing in the Old Testament, but it's still part of the Old Testament. And um, one of the reasons we don't minister on this particular passage very much is because... It's Old Testament. 
It was directed towards the children of Israel, a different, a different group of people. Mm -hmm. And uh, so what you find, and I'm just going to talk uh, kind of in general about some of the different teachings that you might have heard throughout your Christian walk in different types of churches. And uh, I'm not coming against any type of teaching or I'm not necessarily promoting any type of teaching. I'm just showing you what the word has to say in a few different places. Um, we can't deny the fact that God set the principle of the tithe up in the Old Testament. Uh, it was part of what we call the law, right? Part of the law, it was written in there to tithe to the priests, to bring the tenth of all that came in into the storehouse, uh, is what Malachi calls it, the storehouse. We would say for them it was the temple or wherever their local priest was. And they would literally bring, um, I was watching a HGTV show because that's one of the only safe television programs to watch. Um, and they were over in Europe and they were remodeling these old buildings. When you talk about old buildings in Europe, we're talking like 1600s, 1700s, cool old buildings. But this one house, they took this old building and it was actually, she said it was next to this little stone church and she said it was the tithe barn. And it was actually a barn where people would bring their produce. Because that's how they tithe. They brought a tenth of their produce because that was their currency. Mm -hmm. And so they'd bring their onions and potatoes and stuff. And that's how the ministers, because there were, uh, especially in the temple in Israel, they had lots of ministers. They had, uh, you know, basically if you were in, in the family, the generation family of Levi, the tribe of Levi, you were considered one of the priests and there were some that were musical there were some that you know that read the word there were some that did the sacrifices and things like that but everybody had a position and they rotated people in and out so there were a lot of people to feed and God didn't want them doing side jobs so he commanded the rest of the children of Israel to bring a tenth of their blessings uh, whether it was produce or money or um cattle, whatever it was, you know, if you had a, a herd of cattle and 10 babies were born, you, you brought one to the priests. It was interesting. So that was the idea behind the tithe, that the house of God would always be taken care of. Yeah. There would always be money in the house. There would always be food for the ministers to eat. There would always be sustenance so that the ministers could fulfill what God had them doing. That was the whole premise behind it. But if you've been around, and most of you have, uh, in, in, in churches of today, you might have heard in, uh, in different places that because that was Old Testament, because that was part of what we would call the law, which Galatians 3.13 says we've been redeemed from the law, which we have that you might, you might have heard that we don't have to tithe anymore. Uh, I mean, we see lots of scriptures in the New Testament about giving, sowing, and reaping. You don't see a lot about tithing, but there are some. Mm -hmm. 
Um, and so there have been throughout the generations, I'm not, you know, I haven't heard anything recently, but I also don't listen to a lot <laughs> that's out there. There have been different ones that have taught, you don't have to tithe. It's just not a thing. Well, the Lord started the passage we just read with saying, I am the Lord, I don't change. <laughs> to start with, that's how, and then he brought out, you're robbing me because you're not bringing the full tithe. Right. And I am, I told you, I, I woke up in the middle of the night and this was bubbling on the inside of me. I'm certainly not preaching at anyone. This is just for our information yeah. because there's a lot out there and it's not necessarily all accurate. Yep. But the, the wonderful thing about the New Testament is the New Testament, Jesus said all of the commandments of the law, including tithing, are fulfilled in one commandment, the law of love. Yes. The law of love. And so God is not grabbing your arm and twisting you, you've got to tithe, you've got to tithe or you won't be blessed, you've got to tithe or you won't be blessed. And that's why we don't mention it a whole lot here, except to say we're going to receive our tithes and offerings. Mm -hmm. But it's important for us to understand and know some of these things so we have a basis for what we do. Some of us have tithed for so long um, that we just do it. We don't even think about it anymore. It's just something that we do. Others, when you come, when you, when I first heard about the tithe, I was like, what? 10%? You mean if somebody gives me $100, I'm supposed to give 10 of it away? I mean, it was a big number to me. That was a big thing. And we've had people um, in our in our church in New York, I'm thinking of one gal, she was a single mom, and, and she was, she came to us one time, and she, she was like, she was figuring out the numbers, you know, her salary and everything that had happened. And she goes, I can't do 10%. I said, yeah, you, you might not be able to the way things are right now in the natural. So, but, but uh, and my husband, I just loved hearing him counsel different ones as, as he was talking to them. But he, he said, you know, what in your heart do you feel comfortable with? And she said, well, I can do 3%. Mm -hmm. And he said, well, do 3%. He yep. said, but don't let that stop you. Because we see a blessing in scriptures on the 10%. Yeah. So in the New Testament, you are not going to be commanded. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Forced right. to tithe. You're not forced to come to church. You're not forced to serve God. There's no forcing by the Holy Spirit, but the Holy Spirit will talk to you at different times about your giving, yes. your sowing, your tithing. And we want to know what the scriptures say about these things so that, you know, if, we're not, if we don't have a foundation of the scripture, when we hear different teachings, we might just say, oh, yeah, that sounds good. Mm -hmm. And it might sound good from that angle, but if we have a, and we certainly aren't going to look at all that scripture has to say about this today, but wanted to start with Malachi. And then um, one of the big things about this, as I said, was this, uh, the tithe was part of the law that Moses 
got from God, received from God, wrote out, and it's, it's just the law, and now in the New Testament, we're redeemed from the law. Yeah. But if we could, this is different today, isn't it? Ha! Genesis. Let's, let's go to Genesis chapter 14. And what I want to do this morning, really, is just read these, some of these passages and kind of put it in your court. You talk to God about these things. You, um, you decide where, where the scripture lands and what God would have you to do. You will never hear us say, you must tithe. Um, so, just disclaimer there. Amen. Genesis 14. Uh, we're going to start in verse 17. Now, this is just after, uh, if you remember, with Abraham, Lot, his nephew, was taken. Um, he was taken by captors. They, they, uh, another nation had come, and the, I say nation. I mean, these weren't like nations like we think of today. They were, you know, there could be 100 people in a nation. City-states, City thank you. Uh, but they, they, you know, they were different kings, so to speak, and they came and they took Lot and his, all of his stuff, and they, they raided certain cities and they took all that was, uh, all the people and everything like that. And, it, and Abraham went and rescued everybody with his own personal army, <laughs> which right there is amazing. But it says in verse 17, after his return from the defeat of whoever it was and the kings who were with him, the king of Sodom went out to meet him at the valley of Sheva, that is the king's valley. And um, Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought out bread and wine. He was the priest of God Most High. And he blessed him and said, Blessed be Abram by God Most High, possessor of heaven and earth, and blessed be God Most High, who was delivered, who has delivered your enemies into your hands. And Abram gave him a tenth of everything. And the king of Sodom said to Abram, Give me the persons, but take the goods for yourself. Um, so he's talking to the king where he had rescued the people and, and the king of that, uh, where Abram brought the, the, the people back to the king and, and the king says to Abram, give me the persons, but take the goods for yourself. In other words, just give me the people back, but you can have all the spoil is what they used to call it, right? The spoil, all the whatever, the gold, the, the possessions. And Abram uh, says says to the king of Sodom in verse 22, I have lifted my hand to the Lord God most high, possessor of heaven and earth, and I would not take a thread or a sandal strap or anything that is yours, lest you should say I have made Abram rich. I will take nothing but what the young men have eaten and the share of the men who went with me, the different ones in, in his army and those that from the city that went with him, let these men take their share. So Abram said, I don't need anything from you. I don't want anyone to say, you made me rich, that I went and, and took this stuff from you. But what he did was, before all this happened, we see this man named Melchizedek, king of Salem, come out, and it says he was a priest of the Most High God. And Melchizedek comes out with bread 
and wine. Yeah. Well, that's interesting, right? Because um, we still use bread and wine today, don't we? We do. <laughs> In our communion service. And the bread and wine was part of this holy ceremony, and he was blessing Abram. And Abraham, it was Abram at this time, he took a tenth of everything that they had just gotten back, and he gave it to Melchizedek, the high priest. Now, this is significant in a couple different ways. One, this is before the law was written. And so when you hear somebody say tithing was just for when they were in the Levitical law, Abraham tithed. And, and in Galatians, it tells us we are heirs of Abraham. We follow the order of Abraham. And so um, to say that tithing is just not a thing anymore, I just don't see that. I don't see that because Abraham, the, the first thing he did when he met up with the priest was tithe. And it goes on in chapter 15 to say this, After these things, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision. Fear not, Abram, I am your shield. Your reward shall be very great. If, could you pull that up in the Amplified, please? After these things, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision saying, Fear not, Abram, I'm your shield. Your abundant compensation. Oh, my. Your reward shall be exceedingly great. This came because, number one, he tithed. And number two, he said, I'm not going to take anything from you, king. God's the one that's going to make me great. Because he declared and decreed, I've connected with a covenant in, with God with my finances and with my money. And God turns around and says, I, I am your abundant, everybody say abundant. Abundant. abundant compensation. Yes, amen. Oh, glory to God. Hallelujah. So we see from really Genesis, the first book of the Bible, we see this establishment of the tithe, giving a tenth of what God has blessed you with. And uh, watching that tenth be blessed, because you sowed, gave, connected with God in his covenant of giving, it, with the tenth, the 90% you have is blessed. And yes. he can do more, you can do more with the 90% that you have mm -hmm. because it's blessed than you ever could with 100% that's been cursed. That's right. Yeah. That's true. Amen. And, and, and we see, like, when we read in Malachi, he said, I will rebuke the devourer for your sake. So, the, you know, the worms aren't going to come to your field, or this is not going to happen in your field, that type of thing. He was showing us this is what happens when you connect with your giving in this area of the tithe. Now, what can get confusing is there's different ways to give, and, and the Bible t shows us different things. There's sowing and reaping, mm -hmm. right? That's not just about money. Right. You know, if you sow meals all the time, 
you, you'll get fed all the time. <laughs> you know, if, if you sow friendliness, you're yes. going to reap friends. Amen. So the, 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 I, the law, we could say, of sowing and reaping, it, it includes giving and money, but it's not just giving and money. If you're always sowing your time and, and your help in certain areas, well, when things come up where you need help, the people are going to be there. Yes, amen. And come and assist you. Amen. And, I mean, we've had, you know, we've had, we've been leading a church for a long time. And we've had lots of help and we've had a little help. But I'll tell you what, we've always had faithful help. Yes. We really have. We have always had, the people that we've had, we've always had faithful help. And that's because my husband and I, from the time we got born again, yes. endeavored to be faithful. Amen. We sowed that for year Amen. after year after Amen. year with other people's ministries. And then when God called us into our own, we always did have help. Yeah. Amen. And still do. Amen. So, um, sowing and reaping, that's, that's one area, but that's not... The tithe. That's right. The tithe is part of our covenant with God. Yes. That Abraham established here. Then he reiterated it and made it part of the law. Um, along with a lot of other things in the law. I'm actually thankful we don't have to follow the law. Praise him. <laughs> Glory. Number one, because I don't want to be sacrificing no animals. Thank you very That's much. Right. Thank That's you, gross. Lord. Thank God for the blood of yes. Jesus. Amen. But, um, but here we see Abraham connects with God, this Melchizedek. And, and so we see before that law was ever created, tithing was put into place. And then we could take time. We're not going to today. I told you I would have had to study this out. But we see you have Abraham, you have Isaac, you have Jacob, you have Joseph, you have the different men that the sons that were born to Abraham in different places throughout the Old Testament you'll see them tithe mm -hmm. at different points in their life and the Bible takes time to record it because it's important for us to see that precedent established Amen. and that so it wasn't just a one-time deal you'll see it uh, in the different lives of these patriarchs these men that came up under Abraham the sons and so that's Old Testament, and that's great, but it still is Old Testament. So let's go to Hebrews, if we could. Hebrews, hmm, chapter 6. Hebrews is an amazing book. So much in here. But in Hebrews chapter 6, we're actually going to look at the last verse of this chapter and then read um, a good portion of chapter 7. Hopefully, I'll, I'll try to just read through some of this. And it says, Hebrews 6 verse 20, it says, Where Jesus has gone as a forerunner on our behalf, having so we're talking about Jesus being our redemption. Jesus has gone as a forerunner on our behalf into the Holy of Holies, having a become a high priest forever after what? Huh. The order of Melchizedek. That's good. Don't tell me well. 
Jesus has gone as a forerunner on our behalf, having become a high priest after the order of Melchizedek. Melchizedek was not a Levitical priest. And in verse 1 of chapter 7, it says, For this Melchizedek, king of Salem, which means peace, Melchizedek, priest of the Most High God, met Abraham returning from the slaughter of the kings and blessed him. And to him, Abraham apportioned a tenth part of everything. He is the first, by translation of his name, king of righteousness. Talking about Melchizedek. And then he is also king of Salem, that is, king of peace. He is, now this is interesting, Melchizedek is without father or mother or genealogy. Meaning this man shows up, no one knows mama or daddy, no one knows where he came from. Having neither beginning of days nor end of life, but resembling the Son of God, he continues, Melchizedek continues, a priest forever. I'm not going to interpret that one for you. Selah. It's in your court. But what we do know is this. People that try to say the tithe was just part of the law, it was just for the Levitical priests because they weren't allowed to do secular work, and so they had to be fed and taken care of, and that was just for that particular time. That is not what the Bible shows us. And he put this man, Melchizedek, on earth that resembles the Son of God. He shows up in Abraham's life, king of peace and king of righteousness and Abraham immediately gives a tenth of everything he has to him. Praise the Lord. That's all I'm going to say about that. He continues a high priest forever. Verse 4. See how great this man was to whom Abraham the patriarch gave a tenth of the spoils. And those descendants of Levi, now those are the priests, the Levitical priests in the temple, the descendants of Levi who receive the priestly office have a commandment in the law to take tithes from the people, that is, from their brothers, though these also are descended from Abraham. But this man who does not have his descent from them, Melchizedek, received tithes from Abraham and blessed him who had the promises. It is beyond dispute that the inferior, the law, the Levitical priest, is blessed by the superior, meaning Melchizedek and then Jesus. In the one case, tithes are received by mortal men, but in the other case, by one of whom it is testified that he lives. Now, that can get confusing. We're just going to read a couple more verses here. One might even say that Levi himself, who receives tithes, paid tithes through Abraham, for he was still in the loins of his ancestor when Melchizedek met him. (laughs) Now, if perfection had been attainable through the Levitical priesthood, Perfection with God, he's talking about. For under it the people receive the law. What further need would there have been for another priest to arise after the order of Melchizedek, rather than one named after the order of Aaron? 
For when there is a change in the priesthood, there is necessarily a change in the law as well. For the one of whom these things are spoken belong to another tribe, from which no one has ever served at the altar. For it is evident that our Lord Jesus was descended from Judah, and in connection with the tribe, uh, with that tribe, Moses had nothing about the priests. This becomes even more evident when another priest arises in the likeness of Melchizedek, who has become a priest not on the basis of a legal requirement concerning bodily descent, but by the power of an indestructible life. For it is witnessed of him, you are a priest after forever after the order of Melchizedek. Now that is a whole lot of legal jargon right there. Basically, what the author of Hebrews is saying is this. Jesus was to follow after the order of Melchizedek. Jesus came from the tribe of Judah, not the tribe of Levi. That was the Levitical tribe where the priests were coming from. So Jesus is a different type of priest, a high priest. Wow. And um, I'm not a teacher. I'm not going to teach this out. But it is amazing when you study these things. Jesus came from a different tribe on purpose because he was showing them the law was just the law for a particular period of time, but I'm different than that. I'm your high priest. I'm from Judah, the tribe of praise. And I am your pre high priest once and for all. I do the sacrifice once, it's done. You never have to do it again. You just have to receive my righteousness. Praise God. So this is all showing the, the Jews of the time that were so indoctrinated in the law that there's a change in the law when a new priest comes. He's not a Levitical priest. He's from the tribe of Judah. He's different now. It's different now. It's a different order. And thus the New Testament has come into play. It's a new way of living. It's a new commandment. It's a commandment of love, not law. But in this, the, the writer of Hebrews is trying to prove over and over with some very almost legal terms, if you would say that. This to yeah. me looks like a, a lawyer wrote it out. Yeah proving his case, so to speak, that Jesus was, is the high priest, he's different than a Levitical priest. But in this, the writer of Hebrews takes time to point out the tithe. Yeah. And that it was something that Abraham did. He tied to Melchizedek. And then he says, and Jesus is after the order of Melchizedek. In other words, saying, the tithe hasn't gone anywhere. Right. The house of God still needs to be taken care of. Things sti still need to be put in order. There's still a covenant connection with your money. Yes. Amen. With God. And so he was pointing out to us, yes, the covenant has changed. It's not the old covenant. It's a new covenant, but it's still a covenant connection. It's a connection with God. And part of that 
is your tithe. Yeah, amen. Now, I told you, I'm not a, I'm not a teacher. I'm just, we're just looking at some scriptures here. But there are a lot of different interpretations on this subject, ideas. Um, my, and so we don't teach on this a lot. As I said, I don't think I've ever taught on the tithe. And I'm never going to tell you you have to tithe. There have been people that have taught that you are supposed to tithe, but you can just give it wherever you want. You could give it to the poor. You can give it to a church. You can give it to your friend. Um, I don't see that in the scripture. We said, you know, there's different types of giving in the scripture. There's sowing and reaping, we just talked about. There's giving to the poor. The Bible says a lot about giving to the poor. It really does. We aren't to turn a blind eye. We are to take care of our fellow human beings. That's right. Amen. And the church should be the first to respond in, in times of need in certain areas. But that, I don't see that your tithe is supposed to go in that direction. But you've got to look at the scriptures. I mean, honestly, if you don't look at the scriptures for yourself and ask the Spirit of God to help you see these things, you're going to be blown by the wind in whatever you hear and think, oh, that sounds good. And then we had one, uh, there was one minister kind of prominent in the body of Christ. And, and for a while he, he was teaching, you know, you can give the tithe wherever you want. And then he came back a few years later and said, you know, the spirit of God dealt with me. I probably shouldn't have preached it that way. And he said, he took me to this passage right here in Hebrews and said, the writer of Hebrews, Hebrews took up a lot of real estate talking about the tithe that Abraham gave to Melchizedek and that Jesus is after, the high priest after the order of Melchizedek. And the Spirit of God corrected him. Amen. Why is that? Because I, I firmly believe the tithe belongs to the local church to where you're connected, where you're fed every Sunday, every Tuesday, whatever it is. I do believe that that is the connection. But I'm not going to say that's law because our law is the law of what? Love. Love. My question is, why wouldn't you want to connect? Amen. In your giving with your local church. Now, I just heard yesterday, and maybe that's why this is stirring with me, that some people say that you don't have to tithe or you shouldn't tithe if you're in debt. I've not heard that before, but um, it's out there apparently. And uh, my question is, you probably could crawl out of debt on your own by, just by working more, adding more income, working harder. But isn't it so much easier to connect financially with yes. God? and be, have the 90% you have blessed and increase and have the blessing of God on your life financially? Just saying. The law of love means you love God above anything else. Right? Love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your mind and all your soul. And the second command is like it, love your neighbor as yourself. 
The first command is love the Lord your God. Part of that is honoring him with your finances. That's right. And if I should be so bold to say, part of that is honoring him with your tithe. Now, is God up in heaven on his throne with a giant fly swatter? Saying they didn't tithe. Bam! No. He's not. He never will be that way. You can choose to connect with him in that way. You can choose not to. And I am not saying that this is a legal law you have to do. Matter of fact, there might be a time where you're led not to tithe. I don't know. You know what I'm saying? You, you follow the Spirit, the leading of the Spirit, in every area of your life, including your giving. Now, I say some of us are so used to writing out the tithe check, and that's good, that we do it almost automatically without thinking. That's not a bad thing, but understand when you're writing that out, it's not just a bill we're paying. It's our connection with God. And so when we tithe, we want to do it in faith. We want to do it out of love and honor. This is why we're doing it. Because throughout the scriptures, we see the precedent of the tithe. Yes. We see the action, the connection of the tithe. And so uh, I know we've, we've maybe gone a little longer than normal, but I listened to Brother Hain last night in the middle of the night. Oh, yeah. And, yeah, and yeah. he went a long time, so there you go. See, we keep bringing people in that go longer than me, so now you think, oh, she's quick. We're in and out. Bring back Pastor Amy. So that's why you want me to come back. Uh, <laughs> but um, glory to God. Um, when I think and, and when I do minister and, and, and talk about the tithe, there is one particular gentleman that I always want to mention. And his name is, uh, it's R.G. Letourneau. Yeah, R.G. Letourneau. And you can actually, uh, he has a autobiography or biography, I don't know which one it is, but there are books about him. He was a man, has anyone heard of him? Mm -hmm. I've talked about him, yeah. He's a man who, um, in the early 1900s, he got saved. His life was a mess. Financially, he was a mess. And he, um, he actually was an, he became an inventor of most of the earth-moving um, vehicles that we see out here, any kind of bulldozer, any type of thing that you see working on the side of a road, cranes, things like that, he, he invented these things. Amazing man. But he got, he got, uh, he got born again. He was trying to, to uh, financially stay afloat in his business. He had a business and he just wasn't getting anywhere. And, and he, he, had, uh, he had gotten so far in debt, he was, he was a mess. And he told God, he had an experience with God, and he said, God, because he started seeing this, this idea of tithing. And he said, God, I want you to be my business partner. He said, I, I don't want to be in business by myself. I need you as my partner. And I covenant to you that everything that comes in, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give 10% off the top of what comes into my business to my church. And so he did that. 
And God started giving him these ideas. And he starts inventing this earth-moving machinery. And I'm condensing a very long story, a life story, into a short thing. But then he, he got to thinking, as God's showing him these things, and he started getting government contracts because the government wanted these vehicles, right? And so he starts to increase. And he thought, well, if I give 10% to God and I increase this much, what if I give 20? Mm -hmm. So he starts giving 20% and living off of 80 and then he started thinking, what if I give 30? What if I give 40? R.G. Letourneau, by the time he moved to heaven, was sowing 90% of his business income. And personal, I guess. I don't, I don't know exactly how it worked. I'd have to read it, and I told you I didn't study for this message. <laughs> but he was giving 90% of his income into the kingdom of God. Now, you know, we said the tithe goes to the local church. He was given 10% to his local church, I'm sure. And then he created a university. He had, you know, uh, he had all these different Christian ministries that he was helping to fund. 90%. And he was living like a king off of 10%. Yeah. Like a king. It wasn't that he was still in a shack somewhere so that he could sacrifice himself and give into the ministry. No, when we connect by covenant with God in our giving, our tithe to him, he allows us to increase. His hand comes upon us. He prospers that which we still have. And that's why we see in Malachi, he says, he almost says, I double dog dare you to do this. I dare you that the windows of heaven won't be open. Now, we understand in the New Testament, God's not up in heaven opening windows and just pouring out uh, gold. Yeah. Right? We understand that in the New Testament, we use our authority and we walk in the blessing of God and we're led by the Spirit of God. But the Spirit of God can increase us and show us areas of business and, and blessing and, and lead us into the right jobs and the right places where we can be increased because we've connected with Him in the area of our finances. God said, I dare you to connect with me in this way and not watch the blessings of heaven increase your life. Glory to God. Anyway, that's my message. Glory. Why don't we stand to our feet? Amen. So again, we, uh, we don't ever preach these things as, uh, as, as like a law that you have to do this. And we, uh, we, uh, I always... I'm doing this because the Spirit of God dealt with me just to set some records straight right. and to show you what just a few passages. There are more passages in there, of, of course, on giving, but there are even more in the New Testament about tithing. So it's not that there isn't scripture for it in the New Testament because some people say, I don't see it anywhere. Oh, well, Lord. it just means you don't see it. Right. Doesn't mean it's not there. Amen. Yeah. Just saying. So... Ask the Spirit of God. I mean, if, if you've been tithing, great. Ask the Spirit of God, is this all I'm supposed to do? Right. Yeah? Or just say, you know, just make a commitment to use your faith in that connection. Yes. It's not just a bill. 
But then also, if you haven't been giving the tithe, or, or if you just, you know, you might not be able to, or you, you just don't know where to start, talk to the Lord about it. That's right. What am I supposed to be doing? Because he will direct your path and help you. And when you meet with, up with the Spirit of what you're supposed to be doing, that's where the blessing is. Amen? Father, thank you so much today for your word, that it's a light to our path, a lamp to our feet, that it shows us that which we need to know. And we thank you for your revelation in this area. Thank you for your guidance and your direction about the tithe. We give you glory for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. There you are. You're dismissed. Amen. <laughs>